Hi, this is Bob Bergen, and you're listening to E to the E to the E to the TV Confidential Talks. Roberts with a reminder that the next edition of TV Confidential will premiere next week on the station at the usual time. We'll play part two of a conversation we started earlier this year with our friend David Franken. David Franken, the voice of Sergeant Tibbs in 101 Dalmatian and the star of such classic films as Master of the World and Return of the Fly. We hope you'll join us for that. In the meantime, Greg Airbar is with us as we take a look at some recently released Hanna-Barbera titles that originally aired in primetime in the late 1960s. Earlier we talked about the 1967 uh, Hanna-Barbera primetime adaptation of Jack and the Beanstalk, produced by, directed by, and starring Gene Kelly, featuring musical score by Sammy Kahn and James Van Heusen, which is available on DVD through our friends at Warner Archive. Any extras to speak of? or No, it's just the show itself. It looks probably better than when they first broadcast it. It is a very nicely done show. As I say, there are some flaws. Whatever flaws you see in there were on the film at the time. So they restored it as completely as they could. Okay, it's a very nice show available through our friends at Warner Brothers Archive. and is. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Greg teased a few minutes ago the success of the Jack and the Beanstalk primetime special led to the production of Huckleberry Finn, an NBC primetime series that combined live action with animation. And at the time, according to Bill Hanna, the most expensive series of that they done. Of its kind, yeah, I can uh, bet. Yeah. It was extremely difficult and expensive to combine the two. It is still expensive to combine yeah, the two. Yeah, and you're doing, this is 25 years before The Simpsons, where a lot of this stuff is taken for granted. But still, The Simpsons is a very expensive show and a very time-consuming show to do, and you're doing 26 of these a year. Our friend Steve Beverly posted recently on Facebook something that his friends over the years would never believe he found a clipping to confirm it, that the Flintstones was an astronomically expensive show compared to other primetime shows of its time. It was $65,000 a show, which was a lot of money compared to other shows. I think it went up to about seventy-five. And none of that went to talent, so to speak. No, no, they were paid what most voice actors were paid. There were no, not, not, I'm talking about Fred Flintstone. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. So animation has always been expensive, and it always took a long time. To do an episode of Huckleberry Finn, however, they would take about about half a day or so to do the live action, and they had to build sets for that, too. Because if you watch it, you'll see what sets are designed to blend in with the animation and have outlines around them that are painted with sort of a day-glow paint, so it looks kind of like it would go with the animation. So they still had to build sets, and interestingly, uh, the same director of photography as H.R. Puff and stuff. So they're having to do that, and that has to match. It has to be an enormous amount of pre-planning. And the actors had to focus on just points on the blue. They didn't really have a whole lot of focal points, so they had to really concentrate on the specific area they told them to look at. And they do a pretty good job when you think about it. 
So then there would be six months of animation on top of that. And the shows have an enormous amount of that blending. There are moments when they seem tacked on. There are moments when they are actually integrated. There's things in front of them. There's things in back of them. You know, they're swimming underwater. They're floating in a balloon. Sometimes if they're at a great distance, you can tell that they're animated, the the three kids. But when you consider how much time it takes to do this, how far the camera has to be, how many angles it needs, they add them to the scenes a lot per episode. That's a lot of combination scenes per episode. The other thing that has to be mentioned about the show, and this is a huge expense too, is there's a lot of original music in the show. The first episode has a song in it because Dennis Day is the special guest star. He's a leprechaun who sings about the magic shillelagh. Dennis Day, who's still within that five or ten year period post-Arthur... Jack Benny. Us, right. After Jack Benny. Jack Benny ran to like the early mid-60s, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, and he was still doing specials. Okay, so, so Dennis Day has still got a pretty good TV cue, which is why oh, yeah. he would be the marquee guest star of this first episode of Huck uh-huh. Griffin. That was the kickoff thing, so that was extra special. And if you'll notice when you watch it, the animation is much more fluid than it is on many of their other cartoons. There is astonishing moments of fluidity in the animation. Now, as the series progresses, there's 20 or so episodes. There isn't quite as much because the budget has to go to some scenes and not to other scenes. But what is also notable is the background music, which is by Ted Nichols, who with Hoyt Curtin did the Johnny Quest music. So the Huckleberry Finn series is a very important transitional series between Scooby-Doo and Johnny Quest. You will hear music cues that they borrowed from Johnny Quest, but you'll also hear music cues that they used a lot on Scooby-Doo and Josie and the Pussycats and other action cartoons that were picked up from Huckleberry Finn. Even I didn't realize when I was hearing them, it's like, you know, I hear a few notes from the theme song, and now I realize that it came from this. That's because with a higher budget, with a primetime budget, part of that money can go towards original scoring because that's expensive. Now, I just pulled out my copy of Tim Brooks' Earl Marsh Complete Directory of Primetime TV Shows. Now, because you, you had mentioned the actors, and for some reason I thought Ted Cassidy was among the actors on this show, and I looked it up, and he played Injun Joe, and I remember that when I was a kid. I would have been like it was okay. It aired sixty-eight to sixty-nine, so I would have been four or five years old. And I remember I was scared of Injun Joe when I was. A he was kid. scary, and he was also in Jack and the Beanstalk. He was the giant yes. in that. He was very scary for little kids because he appears at the beginning. There's a prologue. Unlike most of their shows, this has a, a rollicking, very very catchy theme song with a riverboat that starts the show and doesn't tell the story. So it has to have a prologue every single week that explains how they got from Hannibal, Missouri into a cartoon world. I can't tell you that it's completely making sense to me even to this day because they end up in ancient days and all. I don't, is it a magical cave? Are they asleep? We never really find out. But why bother worrying about it? Just enjoy your time. As they run through the cave from him, things begin to become animated, basically. And Injun Joe at the beginning 
is very scary. And he becomes animated, and in every single episode that they're in, he's the main villain animated, and he always has the chain on his hand, and it looks like Ted Cassidy as a cartoon character. But he's a different person each time, and sometimes they'll acknowledge it. says, is that him? Then they go to the next place, and it happens again, which makes it seem very dreamlike. There's no real definition of exactly what's happening to them. And then you see him waving goodbye on the riverboat at the end, so it's like, huh? But don't think too hard. Just sit back and enjoy and sing along with the song. Now, Michael Shea played Huck. Was he the brother of Eric Shea? No, but Kevin Schultz was a twin, and they're very well-known photographers now. That's what they became Uh renowned for. Uh And apparently they were all like a teen thing for a little while, and a friend of mine said, oh, I had my Jack and Jill magazine that had photographs of them, you know, behind the scenes, how they were filming things and stuff. So this did get a lot of attention in its day. It was a popular show. It never got the ratings to justify its cost. And it was on Sunday night, so it well, was up against Disney. And, uh, no, well, actually, no, no, it, it, it wasn't was, up against Disney. It was Disney. the lead-in for Disney it was the lead-in on for NBC, Disney. but it was up against Land of the Giants on ABC, which did very well its first season, as I recall. And Marlon Perkins replaced it. Yeah, but see, that was a good example of counter-program because a lot of local stations would air Wild Kingdom on Sunday nights around 7 or 8 o'clock. And so they were competing with... Um, network shows in that early hour and doing pretty well, as, as as I just recalled. Okay, Alt. Yes. It was also up against Lassie. Forget it. Lassie won its time slot. Lassie was on CBS at 7 o'clock. So Lassie was still winning the 7 o'clock slot, and Land of the Giants was finishing in second place, and so that didn't leave much for a Huck Finn. Oh, and here's another tie back to Jack and the Beanstalk. Gary Conway. Lassie and Gentle Ben. <laughs> well, there you go. There you go. Um, Gary Conway, star of Land of the Giants, mm-hmm. was married to Marion McKnight, who played Jack's mother in Jack and the Beanstalk, who was Miss America 1957. And by the way, she never really talks in Jack and the Beanstalk. At first, you don't see her face. And then you see her at the end, and she's all, you know, like, oh, that's who she is. But actually, her voice is provided by the wonderful Janet Waldo. So we never really hear what she sounds like. But we know what she looks like. And we know that she was Miss America and she was married to the Land of the Giants star. All right, so that's the New Adventures of Huck Finn, which is now available in its entirety on DVD through our friends at the Warner Archive. Yes, and it's of its time. The fact that the villain has a name that isn't politically correct. But it's a really—they did a beautiful job restoring it. It looks—it bursts with color. Hanna-Barbera worked very hard on this. In fact, Bill Hanna was interviewed about it and said, we want to be looked upon as doing this kind of thing. They really did want to elevate the kind of work that they did. It just never panned out to be that. They ended up being the most successful supplier for television cartoons really in history. No one really pumped TV full of characters more than they did. They were unstoppable. Filmation came in next and were neck and neck. Oh, I, know what, I know what I want to ask you because you brought up Filmation. Filmation we've talked about before. Animation purists give Filmation a hard time because the animation of Filmation was not as sophisticated as some animation aficionados are, would like it to be. But the thing we always return to 
about filmation as they did everything in the U.S. And so uh, was Hanna Barbera also done in the U.S. Or did yes. He, okay, let's see. All right. Yeah, it was so that, it was that, done in the U.S. Okay, that's that's another thing to keep in mind mm-hmm. then. Yeah, they didn't start outsourcing until the early seventies. Yeah. And the way these shows were made was completely different, and the way television budgets worked, the whole system was different. Yeah. So it's impossible and irrelevant, really, to make a comparison. Yeah. What you can look at them well, almost that's, that's as is— That's not going to stop people from doing it, though. Really? <laughs> <laughs> the main thing is enjoy it for what it is and the inventiveness of it. And the coolness factor. There's even a mad scientist episode. What in the world are Becky Thatcher and Tom Sawyer and Huck Finn doing? But in a way, it's got a classics illustrated feel to it. Or Archie visits the, the, US, the Trojan the, horse. The U.S. of Archie. Well, kind of. Yeah. You know, it's a juxtaposition that you'd see in a comic book. The U.S. of Archie 10 years before the U.S. of Archie. And it's done now, too, in comics. That juxtaposition yeah. is done. It's a cartoon with live actors. It's loads of fun. It was very magical to me when it was on. It was very, very magical. It was magical to you. It was scary to me. And it's now available on DVD, The New Adventures of Huck Finn Through Our Friends at the Warner Archive. Stay with us, folks. We'll be right back. If you haven't been listening to TV Confidential, this is who you're missing. Connie Stevens. Don Wells. Eric Braden. Tony Camille. Jansen Williams. Don Most. Droid Finnis. Peter Borchel. Sherry Alberoni. George Slaughter. Dan Castellaneta. Taylor Hicks. Lindsay Wagner. Loretta Swift. And many, many more of your favorite celebrities and people behind the scenes in the world of television. That's TV Confidential. Every week on this station and every day online at televisionconfidential.com. Accredited by Guinness World Records, welcome to Archival Television Audio, Incorporated. A peerless TV soundtrack archive, preserving the audio from television's first three decades, the 1950s, 60s, and 70s, the golden and silver age of television. For more information, go to atvaudio.com. Become a TV Confidential confidant and receive unlimited access to the last five years of TV Confidential, plus other members-only content. For more information, go to televisionconfidential.com slash join. We're Biffle and Schuster. How do you do? Yeah, that's right, folks. We're Biffle and Schuster. We want to tell you about this amazing misadventures of Biffle and Schuster. It's a DVD it's from Pete Lover, and you're going to love it. We're Biffle and Schuster. It's terrific. You know what uh, Joe Dante says about them? What did he say? He says, forehead slapping funny. What impresses is the dogged authenticity to the era, which makes it all the more hilarious. Absolutely. Accent on the high. We're Biffle and Schuster, as you can see. No one else can make that statement louder than we. They say we're soporific and it's probably we. We're Biffle and Schuster. Oh, we're Biffle and Schuster. No, no. We're Biffle and Schuster. B-I-F-F-L, Biffle. S-H-W-O-O-S-T-E, Schuster. Biffle and Schuster. Need we say more? Available wherever DVDs are sold through our friends at Kino Lorber. All right, you loafers, get back to work. What am I paying you for? Why is he yelling at his shoes? Hi, this is Constance Towers, and welcome to TV Confidential. Alexa users, you can now listen to TV Confidential on your smart speaker by just saying, Alexa, 
Play TV Confidential. Enabling our Alexa skill is easy. To find out how, go to televisionconfidential.com slash Alexa. This portion of TV Confidential is sponsored by Uber. Enter the promo code TV Confidential, all one word, when you download the app at get.uber.com slash go slash TV Confidential and you'll receive a free first ride up to $20. Hi, this is Vicki Lawrence, and you are listening to TV Confidential. At Roberts, with enough time to tell you that our friends at Time Life are continuing to commemorate the 50th anniversary of the Carol Burnett Show with the release of a 21-DVD box set featuring every classic sketch of the Carol Burnett Show, now available at retail for the very first time. That will be the best of the Carol Burnett Show, 50th anniversary edition, the best of the Carol Burnett Show 50th Anniversary Edition, the ultimate collectible of unparalleled TV comedy. The best of the Carol Burnett Show 50th Anniversary Edition includes 60 hand-picked episodes, all chosen by Carol Burnett herself, spread out over three volumes and 21 DVDs. Volume 1 is the best of the Carol Burnett Show, featuring classic sketches from the family, Carol and Sis, Mrs. Howiggins, and As the Stomach Turns, plus movie spoofs, commercial spoofs, and some amazing bloopers. Volume 2, 11 Years Together Again, opens up the CBS archives to experience Carol's glory days, plus there is a lot of bonus material in this volume, including interviews with Carol Burnett, Tim Conway, and Vicki Lawrence. Last but not least, Volume 3, the final show, features the two-hour Carol Burnett show finale from March 29, 1978, presented in its original uncut double-length two-hour form. Guest stars featured in the Best of the Carabinet Show 50th Anniversary Edition include Jim Neighbors, Lucille Ball, Ella Fitzgerald, Rita Hayworth, Steve Lawrence, Bob Newhart, Mel Torme, and Sammy Davis Jr., while extra features in the package include a cast reunion, a backstage tour of Studio 33, the soundstage where the Carabinet Show was filmed, never-before-seen outtakes of Harvey Corman as Mother Marcus, and a whole lot more. Retail price for the best of the Carol Burnett Show, 50th Anniversary Edition, is $249.95. That's $249.95 for the best of the Carol Burnett Show, 50th Anniversary Edition, the ultimate collectible of unparalleled TV comedy, available now wherever DVDs are sold through our friends at Time Life. A reminder that Susan McRae is the anchor of Kaleidoscope, a colorful new Sunday morning magazine show that airs twice a day on Sunday mornings on ksav.org. While Susan's documentary, Kent McRae, Love Life, and Television is due out in December. Also a reminder that Dee Wallace can currently be seen in Red Christmas, a new horror movie with a social message that will also remind you a little bit of Cujo and Critters Attack, a reimagining of the 1986 horror classic Critters. Red Christmas is available for streaming on demand on Netflix. Critters Attack is now available on Blu-ray as well as digital on demand. Dee Wallace will also soon be seen in Rob Zombie's Free From Hell and the family film Renovation of the Heart. You can also see Dee Wallace in the Amazon Kids series Just Add Magic. All three seasons of Just Add Magic are available for streaming on Amazon. That'll do it for a program this week, folks. Ed Robertson, we have Tony Figueroa, Donna Allen, Phil Grace, Greg Airbarn, our producer, Chris Corman. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you next time on TV Confidential. 
be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential, x.com forward slash tvconfidential, or at TV Confidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.